0: When you build a home, you got to start with a foundation. I mean, that only makes sense, right? After all, what happens to the building if you don't have a foundation or if you build upon a weak one? Well, it may stand for a brief period of time, but as soon as a strong wind comes along, wham, down it goes. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is is episode 58 and in this episode we'll not only discover the importance of building your spiritual life on the right foundation but how to successfully and effectively do that in a way that truly glorifies God well before we get started as you listen, <clears throat> excuse me, to this episode, you're going to you're going to hear me clear my throat. You're going to hear me possibly cough a little bit. I'm going to sound very nasally, uh, very congested. Um, I just uh, I'm getting over the flu, but uh, it's time to record the next episode, and I don't want you guys to go without uh, being able to hear the continuation of our study. So um, I apologize in advance for any. Um, Discomfort I might be causing you as you listen to me being uncomfortable, but uh, it's important that we share this this truth with you. So let's dive in. I I want you to pause for a moment. I want you to think about the house or the apartment that you currently live in. If you were asked to describe it, what would you say? You might talk about its location, the size of lot that it sits on, the kind of neighborhood that it's in. More than likely, you'll mention the number of bedrooms and bathrooms that it has, possibly even the color, the design, the square footage, but I'm pretty sure you probably won't talk about its foundation. Truth be told, the, the likelihood of the foundation even crossing your mind is slim to none, am I right? And yet, it is the foundation of your home that makes all the difference in the world. Do you remember the children's story of the three little pigs? Two of them chose to build their homes out of straw and sticks. I'm sure they were wonderful homes to look at, especially if you're a pig. They even remained standing for a brief period of time. However, as soon as a strong wind came along, down they went. The purpose of a foundation is to support the entire structure that is built upon it. If you don't build on a foundation, or if you build on one that is in shifting soil, the structure will begin to sink into the ground. The floors will sag. The walls will crack. The whole house will eventually crumble. The ground you're building upon must also be able to support the structure, or it won't matter what kind of foundation you end up building upon. Well, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaks about two types of builders, He said in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation upon the rock. But... Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Matthew seven twenty four 24-27. So, I have a question for you here. Which kind of home would you want to live in? One that's built on a weak foundation, or one built upon a strong one? I know, seems like a silly question. I mean, after all, what, what sane person would want to live in a house built upon a poor foundation? And yet, way too often, way too many of us are content living our lives built upon a poor, weak spiritual foundation. The truth is, life can be hard. If you expect to stay standing in the midst of the storms of life that are constantly bombarding you, hitting you on every front, you need to be planted firmly on a foundation that will not fail, one that runs deep into spiritually solid rock. So let's just sit here for a moment and dream, okay? Here's what I want you to think about. What would it be like to live the rest of your life built upon a solid spiritual foundation, one that would never shake, rattle, or roll. I mean, wouldn't you love to live your life secure in the knowledge that absolutely no storm, no matter how intense, could ever, ever destroy you? Now, I know I can't put words into your mouth, but I'm going to assume your answer would be a loud and boisterous yes. Am I right? Well, let me challenge you. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that as a Christian, the most important thing you can ever do is to know God and live in a way that always brings honor and glory to him. And in order to live that kind of life, even in the worst of storms, you must build that life into a solid spiritual foundation, God's foundation. That's the theme of the next couple of weeks as we dive into this truth in Matthew chapter 7. Here's what I want you to think about. Before ever going high, you must first go deep. Let me repeat that. Before ever going high, you must first go deep. You see, when you build your life deep into God's foundation, that life is guaranteed to stand firm at all times. 2 Timothy 2.19 assures us that God's solid foundation stands. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have storms in life. However, it does mean that when you build your life upon a growing relationship with God, those storms, when they come, and they will come, those storms will never take you down. That's God's promise to you. The question then is this. What exactly is the foundation that we should be building our godly lives upon, and how do we do it? Well, the answer is both simple and complex. You see, you, listen to me now, you don't have to try to lay this foundation. It's not up to you. The foundation has already been laid in the person of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, that no one can lay a foundation other than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen says, Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build upon. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Isaiah 28, verse 16, that's referring to Jesus Christ. So the question I want you to focus on is not what is the foundation, but rather, what am I doing right now, right now, right now? What am I doing this very moment to build upon the foundation that God has already laid? How am I growing in my relationship with Christ? There's an old hymn of the faith that's worth visiting here. Listen closely and let this great truth of the faith sink deep into your soul. The hymn goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Yes, all other ground is sinking sand. The next verse says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Yes, all other ground is sinking sand all right i i have a doozy of a question for you are you ready here it is are you a wise man or are you a moron now how's that for a question are you a wise man or are you a moron does it intrigue you does it offend you you know jesus sure had a way of doing that to people didn't he see he asked that very question are you a wise man or are you a moron in Matthew chapter 7's account of the two builders, which I just read to you a few moments ago. In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus introduces us to two men, Wally and Martin. Now those are names I made up for the sake of this study, and you'll understand why as I explain. You see, Wally is a wise man. Martin, well, he's he's a moron. Martin is a moron. Now, now listen, that's not my description of Martin. It's Jesus description now i'm willing to wager that if you picked up your bible right now and read through matthew 7 24 through 27 you're not going to find the word moron there in our english translation but i assure you it's there you see jesus called martin a foolish man the word foolish comes from the greek word moros yeah you guessed it it's the same as our english word moron and it means exactly what you would expect the word to mean. One who is stupid, a blockhead, a very foolish man. So who are these two guys? What are, what are they building exactly? What makes Wally wise? Well, more, uh, Martin's a moron. I mean, inquiring minds want to know. So let's let the construction begin. You, you see, the first thing we need to focus on is the magnitude of their building project. These two guys weren't assembling a really cool tree house. They weren't putting together an ice fishing shanty or a duck blind. They were building a very important structure. Jesus called it their house. In other words, both of these guys were deeply involved in a life building project. This wasn't a a fly by night, do it on a whim, slap it together over a weekend kind of thing. This was an I'm all in, do or die kind of project. Their goal wasn't simply to construct a comfy vacation bungalow somewhere in the Hamptons. They weren't building something just for themselves. This was to be the heritage that they were going to pass on to their kids, a legacy that they hoped would last well into the future. They were building their lives. Well, in a few moments, we'll discover together just what made Martin a moron and Wally the wise man. But for right now, Keep in mind that Martin, specifically, wasn't just throwing a few sticks together with spit and chewing gum and a ball of twine and saying, voila, there's my life. He wasn't going through the building process thinking, oh, this is just a temporary thing. I I know that right around the corner lurks a big bad wolf and he's going to come along sometime soon and he's going to huff and he's going to puff. And when he blows, everything I've worked for all my life is going to come crashing down around me oh well. No. He didn't shrug his shoulders and say, eh, no big deal. When it does collapse, I'll I'll just pick up the pieces of my life and start all over again. Uh-uh. Martin was just as intent on building a life that would leave a lasting legacy as was his wise counterpart, Wally. Both Martin and Wally were working toward the same goal. Now, I want you to pause with me for a moment. I want you to think about this. You and I strongly resemble the builders of Matthew chapter 7. Every day, listen to me now, watch this. Every day of your life, whether you realize it or not, you are building into your life as well. Every day, you and I make decisions that impact our lives. Decisions that affect not just us, but those that we love, those that are around us. Every choice we make today, determines the path we're going to go down tomorrow. Now, let me repeat that. Every choice you make today helps to determine the path you're going to go down tomorrow and the heritage you're going to leave behind when you're gone. Most of the time, we don't pause long enough to consider that the things we choose to do or not do today are literally molding our future. They're literally setting a course that will influence the lives of everyone we care about. So not only do Wally and Martin share this similarity of building a life, leaving a legacy, but you and I have at least this one thing in common with both of them. We are all life builders. So again, I ask the question, are you a wise man or are you a moron? The second similarity that Wally and Martin shared is this. They both lived in the same neighborhood. They probably knew each other. Now, here's why I say that. You see, Jesus said that they both encountered the exact same horrific storm. It attacked both of their houses in the exact same way. You see, Christ said in Matthew seven twenty five and in verse 27 that the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house the exact same description of the exact same storm hitting both Wally and Martin's homes. Let's talk about the storm for a moment. This this was no mild midsummer thunderstorm. They weren't sitting out on the back porch with an iced tea in their hands, watching the clouds darken while they were complaining about their lumbago. The storm that ransacked their neighborhood was was probably more like a Class 5 hurricane with a couple of tornadoes thrown in. And the particular storm that Jesus described packed such a punch that it put untold, unimaginable stress on both of their lives. It bore down on both of them with unbearable force, and they were powerless to do anything about it. You know, you and I will also face multiple storms in life, each one intent on destroying us. Sometimes, and listen, sometimes we'll get rained on. And I'm not talking about the droplets of moisture that fall from the sky. I'm referring to those tiny little situations, dare I say annoyances, that in and of themselves, drip, don't amount to much, drip, just a pesky drop, drip, here and there, drip, that we could definitely do without, drip, but we can tolerate, drip, drip, drip. However... When they start hitting you all at once, you find yourself diving for cover. Well, every so often, listen now, the rain will fall on your life and it'll fall with a vengeance. Watch this. How will you hold up under the barrage? The choices and decisions you make today will determine your answer when the storm comes tomorrow. Let me repeat that the choices and decisions you make today will determine your answer as to how you'll hold up under the barrage when the storm comes tomorrow. So sometimes we're going to get rained on. And sometimes with the rain comes the flood. Now I'm talking here about those situations in life that seem to, I don't know, they they just swell up on you suddenly. And then they tend to just sit there weighing heavily on you, drowning out everything you value. They just kind of come in and take over. And you sit there wondering, when's it ever going to end? When is it going to go away? When this kind of a storm comes upon you, you feel a, a damp sadness that begins to creep over you, bordering almost on cold despair as it leaves the sludge and destruction of, of junk in its wake. Listen, my friend, the floods of life will come. You can count on it. And listen, watch this, watch this. The choices and decisions you make today will determine how you respond when they rise up all around you tomorrow. And then there's the wind. Now, we're not talking about a slight breeze here. I'm referring to the times when you get slammed. Seemingly out of nowhere, you never saw it coming. This is, this is the major surprise that hits you hard. It's relentlessly pressing in on you. You're staggering back from the blast, barely able to keep your footing, and it just keeps coming, and it just keeps coming, and it just keeps coming, and you're searching desperately for something or someone solid to grab hold of because you're unable to anchor yourself. You know that if you don't find purchase soon, it's going to blow you far, far away. I'm sure as you're listening to this episode that you know what I'm talking about because you've experienced those kinds of winds in your life before. And unfortunately, I'm pretty sure I can guarantee you will experience them again. And watch this, watch this now. The choices and decisions you make today will determine how solidly you stand against the wind tomorrow. The storms are coming. Are you ready? What are you doing now to prepare? Are you diving into the word of God? And that's my next question for you. Are you doing the word? Are you moment by moment, day by day, choosing not just to read the word, but to do the word, to do what God says? You see, as you're going through this life-building project, if you construct your life, if you guide your, your choices and your decisions every single day, according to the building code that Christ has laid out in the scriptures, and if you dig deep into solid rock, you won't be disappointed your life-building project will stand firm in the storms of life. Well, if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, then I want to encourage you to visit our website. There are a multitude of resources there. Books, uh, audio recordings, video recordings. Uh, just the, There's too much to describe on the podcast here, so I encourage you to go to the Purity Coach. Dot com. Again, that's the purity coach, all one word. Dot com. And one of the resources I'd like to highlight for you here is my book entitled Extreme Mind Makeover How to Transform Your Sinful Thoughts and Habits into Patterns of Life That Are Pleasing to God. In fact, this episode and next week's episode, we're taking little snippets from this book as we're talking about building on the right foundation. This book, Extreme Mind Makeover, Takes you on a journey through the Bible to examine what God has to say about how your thoughts, your words, and your actions influence and impact your heart. In Matthew 12, verse 33, Jesus said, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. Here's my point. Your thoughts, now listen, your thoughts bear fruit. The fruit is your behavior. What you think becomes what you do. When you train your mind to think godly thoughts, the fruit of your life, the things that you do day in and day out, the preparations that you are making for the next storm that comes, it will be godly. However, on the flip side, when you allow your mind to think sinful, fleshly, ungodly thoughts, the fruit of your life, your daily attitudes, your daily actions, Are going to be ungodly so when the storm comes you're not going to be able to stand firm so how do i change the way i think how do i change the things that i do how do i ensure that the things i'm putting into my life building project are good things versus bad things that things are going to help me stand firm in the storm how how do i guard my heart Well, this book, Extreme Mind Makeover, takes you into God's Word to help you answer those questions. So I encourage you to either go to our website, thepuritycoach.com, and go to our resources page to to find the book, or go directly to amazon.com. Do a search for Extreme Mind Makeover. Um, I I think that's the only book out there with that title, but if it's not, um, look for author Steve Etner and purchase your copy today. And if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, oh, let me encourage you to do so today so that you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment. Thank you.